our special needs children often have the challenge of not feeling understood or supported in the interactions that they have out there in the big wide world. There are so many different groups that they are going to interact with, from therapists to teachers to other students to doctors, and the list goes on and on. Not least of the group that they interact with is their own families, their parents, their siblings. And then we also have other service providers like hairdressers. Joanna Sietai is a hairdresser with a difference. In 2020, she realized that many special needs families were looking for a space that was safe for their special needs children to get a haircut, but also to get some empathy and some feelings of being in a safe cocoon. And she thought she was just the right person to provide that because without knowing it, she had learned how to provide that for herself for many years. And she had a little one of her own who had needs like that. And she had learned how to understand her child's needs, how to provide a safe space, how to be present for her child and how to make hair cutting easier. Today, Joanna will talk to us a little bit about how to manage haircuts for a special needs child. But this discussion is going to go way beyond that. We are setting our cap at talking about how to find within ourselves and our intuition, how to find the right way to interact with a special needs child and how to be present for and with a special needs child. So Joanna, there's so much to you that needs to be mentioned, uh, but I don't want to just pour it all in there and get it all lost. Mm -hmm. So the most pertinent things other than what I've mentioned to me are that you're a speaker, you're a very heart-centered and passionate advocate for special needs children, you're, you'll be an author very soon, and you have a very special coaching program that is going to change a lot of things for parents and for special needs children. And we are going to talk about that as the session goes on. But what have I left out that shines about you that you want to point out to us? Uh, yeah, I'm a lover of people. I um, And I believe that we were all meant to be here and that we were made perfectly. No matter what we accomplish in other people's eyes, we were made perfect. So there's, there's that gentle spirit that I think makes every special needs child who goes to Joanna feels safe. I try. I very, very much try to make sure that they are safe and seen. Um, it's so important to to have people see you. I believe, like at your level, not look at what you're supposed to be or what you could have been or what 
-hmm. just see me for the space that I'm taking right here, right now. Just as an aside, um, listeners, we planned a very different podcast today. And just in our chat, before the podcast recording time started, I saw so much gentleness and so much presence in Joanna. And we were talking about some things that I had never really seen anybody talk about, but that I know I need to hear and I need to practice as a special needs parent. And I think it's going to be very useful for other special needs parents. And so we've shifted. And I hope you all enjoy this very special episode. So Joanna, tell me about what life was like for you growing up. Maybe some little pointers about what you remember about your life. What was really nice? What was tough? And then we're going to connect that to, to why you became the person you became. Um, sensory. I remember sensory. Um, and every when I look back on memories, it's always about the sounds, the smell, or something that was involved with that. Um, my parents would say I had creepy hearing um, because they would sit at the kitchen table and I would know everything that they said. And uh, and so they started to write notes back and forth to each other. So <laughs> I couldn't hear. But uh, it was it was sensory. And now that um, being diagnosed last year with autism, um, it has made me so much more aware. I keep a, a sensory journal now so that I can help myself to uh, to not be so uh, agitated. I feel it. I feel it in the back of my my neck. The top of my shoulders is where I can feel it. And it throughout the day, it starts to go up and up and up. And by the end of the day, I'm almost like hunching it. And, and there's so much tension. And and now I'm able to, to bring it down. Um, and I, I say that often about um, a lot of autistic individuals you see are. And, and, and that's when the meltdowns happen. And that's when, you know, we can't get back control. So what I've done with, with the journal and being able to see that, like, if I go to the grocery store at this time, or if I do this or, um, and I live in a, in a, it's a beautiful neighborhood, but it happens to have a train nearby and everybody says you get used to it. And I just, <laughs> and if I hit that train at a certain time of day, when I don't have the TV or some other sound. And so, and, and every memory for me is, is about a smell or a sound or everything like that and it school was so difficult because of that um I didn't I didn't finish high school I uh I left and I got my my GED uh at 16 because I couldn't stand the sound of the uh of the lockers I couldn't stand it uh and I remember being so agitated and and I had no idea I also had no idea that I flapped my hands (laughs) never paid any attention to this or, and that, and I would, and to not flap my hands because I get in trouble. Um, I grew up in the eighties. <laughs> you were supposed to be seen and not heard. And that's the way that it was. Um, and we definitely weren't allowed to. Um, and that's, what I love about now is that so many parents just allow their children to be. You know, I'm looking and- at you and you are reliving the hypersensitivity, the pain of being overstimulated, 
by sound especially. Yeah. And I can see you cringing in there. And I can see the shoulders coming up like if you want an armor of protection around you. Yes. It's very fight or flight. So that has led you to recognize the same thing when it's happening to children. Is that what it is? Yes. Well, I had worked at a, at a children's salon for uh, three years prior to COVID. And I didn't know that this was such an, an issue within the community um, for them to be seen. Um just just seen because I always see people and uh, that's not the norm and I didn't realize that mm -hmm. so once I saw that and I saw that these children were being held down um, and they just get in and finish it um, special needs parents have enough just, that's going to happen it's my nephew's that's computer right. I apologize um, he, they have to hold their children down enough you know, and there are certain instances, there's just no way that you have to for medical necessity. Yes. And, um, and you'll, you will do that and you take that punch and you endure that um, for the greater good. But a haircut is not, it's not, you know, it's not exactly necessary. There are some instances, but it's truly not. Um, so I, didn't why cut, I didn't cut my daughter's hair for the first five years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not five years, and when I had to get it cut, I put her on me. I sat in the chair. I sat her on me because she can't hold herself up. And I crossed my arms like a five-point harness over her. And I held on hard. And I talked in her ear the whole time, just trying to keep her calm. Mm. Is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? No. Um, well, I mean, that, that sounds a little bit more gentle than what was uh, they, we were putting them in the chair. And, and I took part in this also. They said, this is what we did. This is what we did. And they had chairs with a safety belt. Um, the child was sitting. Um, they put a video on, which was like old and lasted for seven minutes. And you're supposed to finish the haircut in that seven minutes. Wow. The child would be screaming sometimes to the point of um, I've had to vomit. Um, you know, just uh, it's coming out of every end, everything, just chaos, sweating. Um, and they just they just want to be seen. Um, and we're trying to uh, to give them like a fade and nice haircuts. And, and you know what? That's not necessary. Um, I'd say a lot of the times when people came to me, I would tell them point blank today is going to be a wonky cut. They're going to leave here and we'll be able to see their eyes and we'll be able to see their ears. Nothing will probably match. Nothing's going to make sense in the haircut, but your child will have been seen. And we need to build trust that first visit. And that's what we do. You can come back tomorrow, even if you want. But today we build our trust. And especially if we have been holding them down and we've been saying this is, it's not necessary. What they look like only matters to us. They the don't minute care. they walk into that kind of scene, they tense up because they are triggered. Because they, they know, you know, and it's just like going to the doctor's office and, and people compare it to the doctor's office so often. And I say, no, like, you know, I didn't want to be a dentist. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to inflict any harm. I'm very much about what cause no harm. You should leave the space better than you arrived at it. And uh, I try to live my life that way in, in every aspect. Um, so what we're doing 
to other people, it matters, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and it matters in their future and it matters how they handle other things and, and haircut, the tension that you get from that, that can last days, yeah. weeks, sometimes be, uh, depending. And so you're making that one decision to make this go fast and get this over with is actually costing you so much time in the future. It's lasting trauma. It's not going fast. It's a lifetime of trauma that you're setting up in seven minutes. In seven minutes, because because that's status quo. And that's fine. Like That's what we knew, but now we know better. Yeah. So now once we know better, we do better. I've spent at least probably, I'd say 800 to 1,000 hours studying. Um, and, and I didn't study the books and everything else I study online. I go on clubhouse and I, um, and I talk to people in, and I stay up in the middle of the night so I can speak to them in, in Africa and in, in England and in Australia. And, um, they're very much, uh, they have more of a, especially like Australia and England are, are you know, but they're, they're a little bit more, uh, progressive than we are here in regards to the disabled special needs community. And, and when sad. you say here, you mean the US? In the US, it's just okay. um, sad but true. Um, from what I've seen, uh, we, we like to look at the deficits that people have and not the positives that people bring. And I only see the positives. When I, when I look at children, I don't think that they're really, there are negatives. Um, there are things that they can be helped there are things that can be corrected because we they don't know any better but there's there's nothing that uh every, everything is communication every behavior is communication so we need to be doing better as the older as the more experienced people we know better do better you know you've just talked to me about how you interact with a child coming into a clinic for a hit that discussion that you just had wasn't about a haircut. It was about how you interact with a special needs child full stop. What would you say the real underlying premise of interacting with a special needs child should be? It always, it's, it's us. We have to get right within ourselves. Um, and, and give ourselves grace as we do this because we are um, we're interacting with angels. I mean we're we uh, and, and we get to do so and and if we looked at it as as the prize and and just the most beautiful thing that it is, um, I, I compare it like Fabergé eggs, you know like you see and it's just and if if you took a moment, you wouldn't want to come to that like angry. And the, words, the, words, I, the words wonderfully wrought came to mind, as you said, Fabergé egg. It's this precious thing. Yes, it's precious. And and it's hard to see. We see we see the therapy appointments, we see the, the we see the other people at the schools that say, Oh, my child's this and my child's that. We see the comparisons, we see all of these things. And we need to wipe it all away. If we can, if we can just wash it all away for that moment and be present, they'll take you there. They'll bring you right to where they are. And and then you get to, you get to be there and it's so much better 
than here. Like um, they are truly um, just amazing individuals and have so much to teach us. And I believe that that's why I don't believe um, like people talk about the deficits and, and disabilities and the, the abilities are, are so much more amazing if, if we looked at those first and stopped worrying about where they're going to fall on a chart because mm -hmm. the numbers the numbers aren't what's important at the end of the day what's important is that they're here to to teach us and we need to listen to these lessons um but in order to do that we have to slow down and and, and get out of our head um i find that uh, more often than not is the mother has a, a harder time. They'll say, oh, he's, she'll just sleep with the dad. Like she just sleeps. She just relaxes. And men's mind doesn't work like ours. Uh, as we are always constantly, and oh, where did I put that birth certificate? And did I find that other sock? And did I, and especially with ADHD and, and things like that, like we're going, going, going. And they feel that. And then when dad's around, dad's like okay wonder what she's gonna make for dinner like well did i get the lawn mode did i you know get that did i give her my shirt to wash you know it's very just boom 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 it's not so fast and they're able to sit with it and be seen for just that we are what's she gonna say what's this pta book to tool and we go and that is our deficit, but it is also one of our greatest, you know, abilities as, as moms, because we get to see everything. You are speaking and something about, something about the way you speak, something about you just brings peace across to me. I feel calm just wafting straight through me. Does that have something to do with what you describe as being present? Because you said at the end of the day, it's about just be present with these children. And I think it's a simple term, but it's not a simple thing. So could you help me to understand what you mean by be present? Uh, stop. I mean, we have to stop our own madness. Um, and that we have, and everybody has a certain extent of madness. We we have regrets. We have moments that that are sitting there. Um, so I think it's more your subconscious, like instead of um, that allows me to do it. But um, I think I think a lot of mine stemmed from coming from a very very rough childhood and not being seen. And I so imp it's important for me to uh i don't want anyone to ever feel that and so when you are with me um whoever it is i always want them to feel uh safe and taken care of and so to me that is uh that is calm and that is just a you know and but we can have fun and when we can it should be light what happened to uh, the person that we were when a balloon made all the difference in our day. When a balloon would be everything. And if we could just simplify ourselves back to that, 
where that balloon was it. And when it flew away, yes, it was such. But mom managed to get us another balloon. So believe that mom's going to get you that balloon always. And that that balloon is still important. And that's how I try to engage things. Because at the end of the day, we're not taking any of this stuff with us. I'm not going to lay on my deathbed and think, man, I wish I worked more hours. Yeah. Man, I wish I knew where I, you know, hid that or put that. Right. Or what anybody else thought. So I, in my work as a coach with overwhelmed women, working women who have a million things that they're juggling and always have those thoughts that you mentioned, a big part of the practice that we build is being present. But the way I would describe being present is different from what you've said, because you said it's not. So for me, it's be present with yourself. Be present in the moment. Don't be distracted by getting tied to the past events. Don't be distracted by always worrying about what's coming in the future. Just be in the now. When I talk about being present, it's that. But you qualified the particular application of being present here as being present with this child. And I loved it because what came across to me is Drop all your thoughts, drop all your expectations, drop all your judgments. Stop thinking about what this child is not. Stop thinking about what this child can't do. Stop thinking about what this child should do. Stop thinking about what you should be doing to make this child do it or be it. And just see the child. See the person. But that's a hard thing to do. So what? Can I do if I find it hard to do? I mean, you're going to have to, yeah, do um, exercises on being able to see yourself. You're not talking about the child here. You're saying start by putting a mirror on yourself. Because once you, can, once you can see yourself, then you can see the others. But if, if you look at yourself and you see only the negative, if the first thing that you're seeing is, you know, oh, I've got these wrinkles or, oh, da, 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 or, oh, I didn't get this done or, oh, you know, and we have these lists that continue and continue and continue. And, and, uh, and we don't have to live up to any of that. Um, I am, this thing is going to drive me crazy. I wish I knew how to stop it. Um, but um, I'm the only living member of my immediate family. So my mother, my father, my two brothers have passed on. And, and so I get this unique opportunity to understand that that it is so very short. And um, and and my brothers died of uh, drug addictions and which led to suicide, which they died of their shame. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that my parents um, also because because mistakes were made. I'm and I have no ill thoughts towards them whatsoever. They did the best that they could with what they had at the moment in time that they were at. So if we can always remember that we are doing the best that we can with what we have at the moment in time we're at and just try to do that, then nothing else matters because what we're doing when we see that child is we're doing the best that we can. And if the best that we can is, that means being present. That means seeing them. They want to be seen. They need it so badly. I know that that was such a huge 
thing for me is that I didn't feel seen. Um, and uh, like when I got the diagnosis, um, and I don't even go out, I don't go around a lot of people. I'm very much an introvert, but I, I'm able to see me and give myself a break. And, and I is this a it. new ability you have? The ability to see you? Have you always been good at it? Or have, has that become something you can do? Well, I've, I've been able to see me, but I haven't been able to give myself a break. I still, uh, I had, I was putting myself up with the numbers at this age you're supposed to, and at this age you're supposed to. And <laughs> pressure, pressure, pressure. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And now I say, no, I'm perfect just as I am right here today. And I woke up and I'm breathing and that's great. And I'm grateful. And I have two feet. I'm grateful. You know, we have, we, it's so much that we don't think about. Like I'm grateful for the nails so I can bite them because they helps me with my, you know, like it's, it's the tiniest, tiniest little thing. And kids see that and, and kids are, they're grateful for the most, a balloon, like things that we think. Take for granted. We take it for granted. They they see it. And when they, they can see us see it, that's when we're at that I like that pink cloud beautiful moment. When they get to be seen and they relax. And that's when you get to learn. And that's when they tell you who they are. In that moment, you get to um I went over to a woman's house and uh her child is uh, abilities are similar to your daughter's um and uh she had so much hair oh my goodness and she is very high anxiety and rages sometimes and and I came in and I just put myself on the floor and I plopped and I put my hands out and that's the first thing I always do is I put my hands out both of them to show them I have nothing I'm not coming to do anything. And here we are. I don't grab their hands. I don't initiate any kind of contact. They will come. They feel my hands. I say to them, do you feel it? Do you feel safe? Do you feel the feeling mm -hmm. of safety? And these are people that cannot respond um, in the way that people think communication is, is with words but they respond and then and she just pulled me right up and there I was sitting with her and she laid her head on my chest mm -hmm. this is a person who doesn't touch anyone very hard time even touching her family and she laid there and she just laughed and giggled and what a relief had, it must have been for her and I her feel mom safe with somebody That's yeah really it was amazing and and I imagine that it was hard for her mother um, mm. to see. And I, and I worry about that. But in that moment, when I start to go, when I start to think, oh, how would this, and it's, that's not me. And that's not where I'm at right now. I'm with her. Remember, you're with her. She needs you to be here. Yeah. Sometimes I have to, you know, I have to scold myself a little bit to get myself back um, because she allowed me in. Don't take it for granted. You might not get it again. 
yeah. you know, as loving and as beautiful as they want to be, they also can be very grudge holding people. And once you have wronged them, they remember. I um, gave you this opportunity and you didn't see it for what it was worth. Mm-hmm. And that's where we go wrong, you know, and I've done it with my own children. I've done it where I just didn't stop. I didn't take the moment and I pay for it for weeks sometimes with the attitude and the, and I, and I, and as it happens, I'm like, still paying for that one, huh? You know? <laughs> yeah. Our hearts might hold things for a long time, you know? We I just... think the mommy, the mommy might feel hurt. But it's very, very possible. Some mummies, I think, may not. They may just be happy that their child had that. And some might feel both. She stood and cried with tears of joy. She said, look at you, love my baby. Yeah. Just happy that their child has that moment. And that's what it should be. Like, yeah, we want all of it, you know. It's what we're supposed to. We're supposed to grow up and we're supposed to want that and the back, white picket fence and the two kids and the boop, 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 Yeah, boop, all in good time, perhaps, right? If your daughter can if your daughter can step into this experience with you, Joanna, then maybe the day is coming when she can step into the experience with me, with the parents. Yeah. Yes. Progress because is progress. Now you, it doesn't matter. now you get to see her in a different way and you get to see what I did and and kind of tweak what you do to accommodate because there's a, there's a cool thing that you said to me and you said the the coaching program that you're building is one that looks beyond bring your child to Joanna let Joanna do the caring and let Joanna do the cutting the program is to say let me give you the support so that you can become the safe haven for your child and give those haircuts at home. That's a whole different level of care for people's children. Um, I'd love if you tell us a little bit about that because I'm sure there are lots of parents who want to hear about this program. So this idea began out of the simple fact that I wasn't giving my child enough time. Mm-hmm. Me personally at home and um how old the, is your child and, and it's a girl she right is, she is four years old ellie is her mm-hmm. name and uh she's about she'll be five next month oh this month now yeah this month and uh her behaviors got gradually worse and i was very consumed by the business and owning a business means it's 24 7 and so i'm constantly looking and researching doing and i didn't I didn't see her. And when I took the time and I took time off work and I closed the business so I could see my own child, I saw, I saw the deficit that we have and it's not the salons and it's not this and it's not, we're we're trying to fix things that it's not what it is, is this is, this is something that can be done at home. So it should be. Um, And, you know, and we can guide them to, to do whatever they want in the future, but Right now we can do that. And most of the coaching is going to be, um, a lot of it will will be talking about meeting your child where they're at and how to go about doing that and how we can 
center ourselves and ground ourselves to be able to uh, to pull ourselves out of the moment, even when the screeching and, and the sounds and, and the things, because it's hard being neurodivergent as a parent and she's, she knows exactly the sound to make. And, uh, and I, and, and, and it's hard, but we can do it. We can do it. We can do it together. It's not something that you have to go out alone and you don't have to have a random YouTube video. That's not going to talk to you about your kid. I'm going to help them with their child. I want examples. I'm going to pull from what's happened in the past and be able to very much tweak the program individually right. to where they will be able to um, take that information. And And I'm big on if they're far away or, you know, I mean, if you're able to come by, come by. I'll help a guide. But if if you're in Australia and, and you want the coaching program, we can do that. And I can even do a Zoom. But I need to see you where you're at so that we can get your baseline and where we want to be, you know, but you're doing everything perfect as a parent if you're trying. And that's it. We're going to mess up no matter what. We have to be more in the state of grace. I like that yeah. reminder. It, it, it often feels like you live in a pressure cooker. Yes. And exactly. the more the pressure piles on, the harsher your judgment of yourself becomes. The longer your to-do list becomes. The more but, your list of failures becomes. If you let it, it can be a runaway train, right? It, it can really, it gets away from you. And, and we're, but we have to, you know, it comes down to we were all made perfectly. So yes, mistakes will be made. They will be made perfectly. Mm-hmm. So that what we learn from that is is what's the lesson um so is it a mistake or is it just a lesson they're gonna love you as long as you show them love they're gonna love you yeah you're gonna screw them up i tell the kids so i raised three more too i have raised my brother's kids and i say you can send me this at the bill i'm sure <laughs> go to the therapist send me the bill for it it's okay we make mistakes you don't come with a book all I can do is try. But as long as we can recognize that we're fallible, recognize that we do, and and show them. And I think that's the biggest thing that I have with my oldest daughter is we have such great communication. We have the best relationship because I show her that I am, I am broken. <clears throat> I am broken. And I am just a plate that is being picked up and glued back together in the best way that I can do it. And your intention in saying that is to say it's safe for her if she's broken to come share with you? To just come and share. And we all get a little bit broken. We get a little chipped and damaged over the years. And and we pick up generational trauma that's not ours to carry and to pass down to, to the generations coming. And we can do better now. So the internet is an amazing thing. It helps us in such ways and hinders in so many others. Mm. So it's a matter of what we take from it. But we have this ability to communicate with people all over and complete strangers and meet them and see you. And, and I can feel that the warmth that you're feeling from hearing me say that you're okay and you're a good mama. You're a good mama because you love your baby. And it is just that. And it's so, so very simple. 
But when we're in it, man, it's so difficult. And we have to stop beating ourselves up. Nothing happened because we screwed up. Don't try to figure out where did it come from or how did it happen or why do you think that there's so much more autism there now than it was before? And I say, it's not the microwaves. <laughs> like, uh, I tell people, bring me in your family tree. I'll show you where it's at. Like yeah. It's been there, you know, because it's not, it's not different. It's just people. We're not different. We're all people. We all have noses. We all have eyes. We all have hair. That's it. We're just people. Wow. Different colors, different sizes, different shapes, different accents. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we've all crapped our pants. Is what I tell my kids before they go and they're doing something. And they're so nervous. I say, everybody you have ever met has crapped their pants. Just know that. Don't look and don't try to see them naked. Don't try to, because then you can pull yourself in the way. Just know. And they go, oh, that's so much easier. Like, because that's it. We tend to forget and think that the letters behind someone's name make a difference. Or if that person is, you know, has less money or more money or, and none of that matters. At the end of the day, we are all basic. It's the same. I want love, you want love. I want to feel seen, you want to feel seen. We need that. And it's just basic. I love your message and I think it's the perfect message for us to be there for ourselves and to be there for our children. If our listeners want to reach out to you, want to connect with you, want to ask you to do a talk to them, want to get in touch with you to coach them and help with their child, how can they reach out to you? Right now, I don't have a website going. Um, you know what I'll do in the in the show notes? We'll put a link. Yes, that would be so amazing. That, so that our listeners will know exactly where to find you on social media. They can DM you. And if there's going to be other ways that they could contact you, if the timing works out, then we'll add those links as well. Oh, I'll have a link tree by then. I'll have it all set up. I, I just... Great. It's I'm I'm a 15 notebook lady, so I have to get it all organized. <laughs> I understand. I think you and I have a lot of similarities. If you look over this shoulder, you'll see my 15 notebooks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got them the other day. I got them all in one spot. So I was like, <laughs> oh, look at that's growth. <laughs> like you you've gotta you gotta celebrate every tiny little thing because we take so much time to uh to focus on the negative but if we take that to celebration i mean i put all of the pens in the same jar and markers in a different one <laughs> celebrate the little things celebrate the little things joanna it's been such a pleasure to meet you and to talk with you and to be hearing what really lies at the heart of you i appreciate you seeing me today and i feel seen and that is so nice it is just, pleasure. it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so Good much. to have you as a new friend. And I'm sure we're going to continue to be in touch. Oh, I hope so. Okay, Joanna, have a wonderful day.